Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Dolly Safran, who during her near-death experience saw her grandmother, and today we're going to learn about it. Dolly, thank you for being on our podcast and welcome. Thank you very much. Well, Dolly, if you don't mind, let's start on the day that your first NDE happened and go from there. I was really, really sick. I'd been sick for about a month. I had uh, infectious mononucleosis and they were worried that um, I wasn't going to make it. I had lost a tremendous amount of weight at the age of five and uh, my body seemed to be shutting down. My uh, physician was called. He came in. I was in uh, my grandparents' room. They gave it up to me because it was the only room in the house that had air conditioning. They were trying to keep me comfortable. Um, I remember laying there, and I was—I knew I knew something was about to happen to me. I could feel myself leaving. I was tired. I didn't want to be in my body anymore. I was in pain. It hurt. And uh, suddenly, um, something must have really gone wrong. I found out later that my spleen ruptured. Um, but I, I, I just sort of walked out. I came out of my body and went high up in the room. I was looking down at everything and I saw my great-grandmother and my mother standing in the doorway and they were not, they were upset and they were, they were freaking out. And I looked down and I saw my doctor pushing down on me and trying to breathe into my mouth. And I thought, oh, wow. And I had no time to really consider what this was. I just, poof, I was somewhere else. When I came to somewhere else, I was on a giant portico, like a huge porch. And there was a big building that it was attached to. And I'm looking out over the edge of the portico away from the building. And I see unbelievable fields of green. And I see huge copses of trees, you know, you know, tons of trees. And I see animals. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, wow, you know, and I look up and I expect to see a blue sky, but I see brilliant white light. And I looked down at myself and I realized that I was light. And I touched myself and I realized, but I felt solid to myself somehow. You know, I felt whole. And I realized I wasn't in pain anymore. And I started to hear something to my right. And I looked and on the other, like here's this portico, I'm right up on the edge and then over here, I see a group of people and my grandmother who had just passed away was standing there looking at me and smiling. And she held her hands out like this. At that moment, somebody put their hand on my shoulder behind me and told me, he said, Dolly, I love you. And I have something to tell you. And I, I was transfixed by the voice. I, I felt like I knew this voice. And uh, he directed my attention to the, what I was looking at. And he gave me some ideas about what my life was going to entail. He said, you can't, you're not going to stay here. You're going to go back. And he said, but I want you to hear what I have to tell you. And he said, animals were going to be a big part of my life. He said that I had a path. It was a hard path, but I could do it. I'm strong. And he said, um, don't fear. 
which I find amazing at this point in my life. And then my grandmother blew me a kiss and I went and I came right back to my body. I came to, I was in an ambulance. They were doing all kinds of things to me. I slammed in hard. I mean, I, I felt myself slam. So, um, uh, I was mad. I was trying to leave again. I was trying to think, how do I stop breathing now? <laughs> I did not want to be there anymore. I was like, oh my God, how did this happen to me? I don't want to be here. And uh, I was fighting with them. I was angry. Five years old, I'm not okay about this. And I'm I'm trying to tell them what just happened to me. And it was just some ambulance guys. They didn't, you know, they I didn't think they were paying attention to me. And I'm talking and talking and talking about it. I'm like, where's my mother? Where's my mother? I didn't see her again until we got to the hospital and they were doing all kinds of stuff. I had to go into surgery because I had a ruptured spleen. And they had to stitch it shut and stop all the bleeding. I had massive bleeding going on. Um, I was miserable. I mean, miserable. And all I could think about was what just happened to me. I would not let it leave me. I would lay there for two or three days, even with my mom encouraging me to get better, wanting to leave my body and go back. I mean, I was transfixed on, I'm doing this. I'm going back. But it just never happened to me. I had to keep. And then I sort of accepted this. And I kept moving on with it. It took me a long time after that just to heal from what had happened to me, get over the mono. Um, I told my mom about it. I told my great grandmother about it. They were shocked. They realized that I did see them. They were shocked that I saw what the doctor was doing to me. And it 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 caused a huge uh, conversation in our family about uh, what happens when you pass away. And we all just sort of you know, I come from a family that's psychic anyway, so everybody just sort of let me get it off my chest and talk about it. I was allowed to work through the experience. And uh, I realized that at a very, very young age that we don't really die, that this is just a, a vehicle that we travel in. And uh, I was just in wonderment for many years after that, many. I find it very interesting that you were on a building, a porch, and looking out over this pasture and fields and animals, did you happen to get any sense of the building itself and what it was? It was massive. I mean, it was massive. Like, um, I can only equate it to like a big, um, like a castle. That's what I was thinking at that age. Like I'm in a castle somewhere. And um, it's, a. I mean, the porch was probably in my adult mind now thinking about it. It could have been, I don't know, 50 feet. In circumference, it was that big up against that building, and the 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 wall of the portico, you know, the like it would be a railing, but it was a wall. I was standing there, and it came up to me about chest high. Hold on, I'm trying really hard. <laughs> it came up to me chest high, and um, hold on, I'm sorry. So, uh, to uh, to me at five years old. So as an adult, it probably would have come up, I don't know, probably about my hips. So it wasn't that high, but it felt high up to me. Um, the animals that I was seeing were like, I saw horses, I saw cattle, I saw deer, I saw birds. You know, I could hear chirping in the background. I could hear um, water in the background, but although I didn't see where the water was, but I could hear it like rushing water. Um, it just, it fascinated me. I mean, I was really trying to pick out all the detail of it. And 
what was amazing to me is that it was real. I mean, I could smell it even. I had that tactile sense going on. I could smell it. I could hear it. I could see it. Um, if you'd given me a leaf off one of those trees, I'm pretty sure I would have been able to taste what it tasted like. That kind of thing. Did you um, did you happen to see any of the architecture? Like, did it look Greek or Romanesque or more modern? Um, it didn't look modern to me at all. It looked more, not even Roman. Uh, this sounds weird, okay? I've seen a lot of architecture in my life. My dad was an architect. I've read through all kinds of books. He taught me how to draw. Um, and it looks more uh, Sumer, Sumerian looking, mm. that that type of architecture. The person who tapped you on your shoulder and told you that they loved you, was that a family member? Mm, uh, not not in my earthly family. I think it was my family there. And I think this person had um, authority over me. In other words, um, this person helped guide my life. This person was somebody that I already knew. I recognized his voice instantly, and but I never got to turn around and look him in the eye. He mm. never let me do that. So I'm not... I'm, veiled from it i don't i can't give you a name and i can't tell you who he was i just know that i knew him i had love for him he was important to me but i didn't get to see him it wasn't i don't think they would have let me or he would have let me so are you saying you think it was a spirit guide someone from your soul group or someone from a a family from a different realm that's a good question um, I've had a long time to munch this over, and I, I kind of got the feeling that this is this is um, my soul group, but it's who guides my soul group. Mm. In other words, this is a person who has been watching over me for a long time, through lifetimes, and I know for a fact that I'm not originally, we all travel the universe, okay? We aren't just from Earth, we are from other places. And this this is someone who's in my soul, I'm not from Earth, per se, originated somewhere else on another part of the universe, but I'm here right now. And he was here for me for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it any other way. Mm -hmm. And do you think that place was somewhere else in the universe or yeah. like just a place in another dimension? I don't no, it was in the universe somewhere. I, I, I was living most of my lifetimes out there and I had come here for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we, 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 we spread out in the universe. I mean, we're not, you're not destined to only be from earth. Okay. We have a lot to learn, spiritually learn. And I know that we go to different places for different reasons. And, but I originated somewhere else in the universe. I just come to earth for certain specific reasons. Sometimes. Would you consider that place home? Yes, I would. Absolutely. I, I don't feel at home here at all. I know I have home somewhere. You've had two NDEs, so let's move on to your next one. Um, I'm a young woman, and um, uh, I didn't know it, but I was developing juvenile diabetes. I was much older when it hit me. I was about 27, and um, I started getting really, really sick. And again, I started dropping weight. Dropping weight's a big deal for me sometimes. I dropped 50 pounds in one month. Wow. And I was really, really sick. And one, my dad's brother was passing and they all flew to Chicago to be with the family and help them out. And I stayed home. It was Christmas time. And I remember uh, passing out a lot and I was going to put the ornaments from the tree away. You know, Christmas was canceled. Let's put it that way. 
And I kept waking up on the floor thinking, how am I getting, what's going on? I was disoriented as I'll get out. And um, my dog, <laughs> I don't know what the heck it possessed him, but he, the, the Christmas tree was in the foyer and then stairs come down and he dive bombed. The tree went right into it and everything went everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? Now the tree's all over the place. And I made it up the stairs. I went in my room to lay down to consider how the hell I'm going to do this. And I keep feeling like I can't do this anymore. I gave up. I mean, I literally gave up. I was, something was overtaking me. What I didn't realize then was going into a coma. And I kept saying, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. And I hear this voice say, no. And I'm like, what? And it said, no, no, get the phone. No. And there was a phone on my bedside table. And I reached over, I didn't even try to look for it. I just reached it and grabbed it with my hand and the base fell down to the floor. It's the old days, you know, when we had cords. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, how am I going to dial this? It's the receiver. And I started pulling on the cord and I got it up on the bed. And the only thing I could think to do was to call my mother. I, I, I have an eidetic memory. Okay? I memorized phone numbers like nobody's business. And I knew where she was because she wasn't there in Chicago. She had flown to Miami because her brother started to pass away. And so I called her in Miami at my aunt's house. My aunt answered the phone and she said, they're all at the hospital. What do you want? And I said, I need my mother to come home right now. Something's wrong. And I passed out, I guess, because they lost contact with me. They said they could hear me, but that's it. You know, breathing. Um, my, my aunt called my mother. My mother called my brother. And my brother called his best friend, Neil, who lived around the block from us to come and get me and drive me to the ER. Okay. Neil kicked the door in. <laughs> he couldn't, it was locked. He got me, he got me downstairs. He put me in his little teeny MG and took, I was living in Atlanta then and he took me to Grady Hospital, which is a really big hospital. Um, I was out cold and he said I died in the car. I mean, I expired in the car. What I remember about that is coming to, or I thought I came to, and I realized I'm in this dinky little car and I'm trying to tell him, slow down. Because I see this pedometer, he's going on a mile an hour down the road. And I, I he didn't hear me because I was dead. <laughs> they got me there. He drove right up the ramp into the ER bay, started honking, honking. They came running and they yanked me out of the car. He said they worked on me for a little while uh, before they brought him back there. I don't know how long they worked on me. Um, he said that they figured it out really, really fast what was happening to me. And they hung IVs on me with insulin in it. They had to resuscitate me and, you know, uh, shock me, bring me back. And uh, while all this is going on, I'm talking to some guy <laughs> who's talking to me. But now I see him and he's, uh, I get an idea that I know him, but I don't, you know, it's like he didn't look like I thought he should look. He was very white and he had white hair and he was wearing a white suit you know, close, like an orderly. And he's talking to me and he's telling me what's going on. And he's telling me what I need to know and to be calm and it's okay. And blah, 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 blah. And he's not going to leave me. He's going to stay with me. I was shocked. He stayed with me literally in the hospital after they brought me back. He stayed, could see him for, for, for like 24 hours. I could still see him. He, I thought he took me up to the, uh, you know, the ICU. And uh, I was wrong. <laughs> he followed me, but nobody else saw him. I thought he brought me there. They told me, no, 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 no. You're brought up here by somebody else. 
you know, I was looking for him. I was like, his name is Steven. He told me his name is Steven. Um, I was totally freaked out about the whole thing. I found out later, years later, because I thought he might be an angel or something or a guide or whatever. My brother's best friend, Neil, who came to get me, his brother had just died less than, I don't know, 15 days earlier in a tragic accident. And that was him. I realized now that that was him. He was with me, stayed with me. And I don't know if it's because Neil came and got me and he hung out with Neil or whatever. But before Neil even got there, he was talking to me in my room saying, no, 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 no. You know, get out, get out. And that just weirded me out. What happened to me when I passed was very strange. I did not go to the other realm. I was literally walking around watching things as they happened. And I have this like dual memory of everything. I have a memory of what I saw, what I felt. And then now I'm overlaying it with what everybody told me. But I have Steve in there with me the whole time. It confused me for a long time. I was like, this is just too weird. I'm in, I'm in like two different realms at the same time. It was weird. It's kind of like you're, what people may say, bilocated. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I was hearing and seeing things. I don't think your brain totally goes dead when you die. I think I was physically listening to everything. And then I was spiritually outside seeing everything and I'm overlaying it somehow. You know, I just, I had that duality of knowing from two ends of the spectrum what's going on, but I didn't leave leave because Stephen wouldn't let me. He was hanging on to me, hard hanging on to me. So did you describe to Neil what Stephen looked like? And then he verified that, yes, that's my brother. Yes. Yes. I did it at my brother's funeral. (laughs) This happened, I'm not kidding you, like in the last year, my brother passed away from COVID. And um, I don't want to go into it because I'll start crying. But at the funeral afterwards, at the wake, you know, afterwards, you know, the family all got together. Neil was there because Neil is my brother's best friend. And we started talking and Neil said, I remember when I came and got you, you know, we talked about it. And I said, yeah, some, somebody by the name of Stephen, I saw this person, his name was Stephen, and I described him to him. Because he started asking me, what, what is the sheet when I talked? I said, Dolly, just a minute. And he opened up his wallet and he pulled a picture out and he said, is this him? Uh, and I was like, oh my God, that's him. That's him. That's him. I realized Stephen is his brother. And the connections just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally blew my mind. It's like, oh my God. We all got the creeps. Our skin was running. You know, We all wondered if Stephen and my brother were hanging out li- laughing at us. I mean, it was just really wild. Now, you said that you came from a psychic family. So I'm assuming you have some, you at least had some psychic ability before even your first NDE. Did either one of them increase your psychic ability or give you any new abilities? I was already toying with being OBE at the age of five. But after that happened to me, I was fully able to walk out of my own body at will after that, realizing that I wasn't going to stay there but I could come and go as I pleased. And I started going OBE at a very young age. Um, I didn't know what I was doing or how I was doing it. I just know that I did it. I've done it my whole life now. Um, The other thing that happened to me was I see energy. I see auras all the time. I can see spirits as they're walking around. And I can tell if it's a spirit that's past, somebody's past, and they're just hanging out versus one that's uh, like a, a dimensional spirit or... You know, I, I can also tell if it's bad. <laughs> I can tell if you're a negative entity or a spirit. I can, I know. What's the difference between them? 
a negative spirit is false. It, it won't tell you the truth. It'll try to lie to you all the time. And when you're psychic, you can hear the truth. You know the truth. You feel it. You can read their mind. Literally, even in spirit, you can read their mind. Okay. And they can't fool me. I, I know. They can present as anything they want. And you still you can't fool me. I know what you are. Um, and they're dark and they're angry and they're they just have a lot of um bad feelings in them. They just they're constantly thinking, they don't stop, and they rage sometimes even. Uh, a positive spirit or a healthy spirit, I call them healthy, um, will uh they just they're very light, they're very happy. Some of them are confused. They don't know where they are. You know, I've found in my life, sometimes I'll take some, I'll go OB and take them by the hand and say, come follow me. And uh, I'm going to take you somewhere good. And they'll follow me into the light, you know, and I can come back from that. Um, I can uh, tell if you're like, I'm an ET contact, okay, contact me. And I know the dip I now have learned in my lifetime that they as well as spirit, like we are, we're all the same thing. And, uh, but I can tell who they are. In other words, if you're not coming from this realm, from this earth and this 3D plane, I can tell that where you're from. I can look at you and see you for who you really are. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's, it's like walking in a world of energy soup and light, you know? I've had real demons come after me once in a while. I had one, this is a weird story. Um, I was working in the army and I was coming home. It was two in the morning. I was tired. I mean, tired. It was bloody rain and I lived 50 miles from the base and I was coming up my road I lived up on top of Pine Mountain in a cabin and there was this big tree overhanging the road and I saw something up in it in the lights and I thought what is that and just as I started to come under the tree it jumped out of the tree and hit my windshield claws bared down my windshield and down the front of my truck and it was no kidding no kidding it was a gargoyle a big black gargoyle and uh it was like this big and when it hit the ground in front of my truck, I did not stop. I ran over it, okay? And I didn't bump. I mean, it didn't go under my tires, but I ran over it. It centered under my truck. I drove home at 90 miles an hour after that, got my shotgun and sat on the front porch and just waited for it. I thought, coming for me, I'm going to get you. Because it was real. It, it had, I mean, I heard it plop my windshield. I was terrified it beat the windshield up. It left claw marks in the glass. So, yeah. Those do exist. You, Demons are real. <laughs> they happen. Do you think that they just manifested into our dimension and then it just went out of the dimension? Yeah, I think that they can. I think that energy sometimes lightens up and lets them in. You know, it thins out the energy, the veils between the dimensions and they can come in. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, people call them portals. You know, they can just come in and out of stuff like that, I guess. Do you think it had any intention to you personally, or you were just yeah. somebody that happened to be walking by randomly? No, it was waiting for me. I felt that it was up in the tree watching me come, waiting for me. I don't know how I know that. I just do. Oh. I mean, it had me in its sights, and it, I was on its mind. Yeah. Why? I think it didn't realize that I wouldn't stop for it or try to look at it. And mm. then when it hit my windshield, when it came out of the tree and hit my windshield, I was like, no, uh -uh, not happening. And it's, I mean, it literally, the, the momentum of the truck and me trying to slow down shot it off the front of the truck down the front grate and hit the ground. And I wasn't having any of that either. I, I ran it over. I was not staying for that. Ooh. Since you grew up in a psychic family, were you guys religious at all as well or more kind of like spiritual or new age? I was raised by, uh, I was, my 
half of my family is Christian and the other half is Jewish. And I was raised um, to understand what they both are. My father wanted me to research and learn about all religions because he felt they were valuable for me to process through all that. So yes, I'm spiritual. I, I've had a spiritual upbringing and I've learned to see, uh, search for the truth of things through all knowledge. In other words, you learn it, know all that is knowable and then you proceed. That was the motto in our home. And so all religions had something to say and it gave me the opportunity to learn them and then make up my own mind what I believed myself. That was their goal, you know, they taught me. After your second NDE, did you reevaluate your first one and, you know, made changes about your ideas of the afterlife compared to the first time? Uh, absolutely. Um, I didn't, I knew, I was learning from, because I'm a contactee, I was learning from ET at the same time, as well as my family. and. Um, I was starting to see and piece together what the universe really is, what the spirit or the entity of mind that the universe really is. Uh, ETs call it all mind, the all mind. We have, we call it God. Okay. It's the same thing. Um, it is creation itself and it's intelligent and it thinks and it cares deeply for us. We're part of it. We're all one in it. Okay. And uh, I realized that, I was trying to figure out the construct of mind and of spirituality and what it meant to be conscious versus physical. I really went on a super quest after that to just lay it all out for myself to understand. I had ET teaching me about it, and then I had what I was learning here about it, and I just sort of um, came to some really serious conclusions about it, and that is that we are, we are intelligent beings conscious who are non-corporeal in source okay and we uh come here to learn and when you're in source you've got everything at your fingertips you can learn anything you know everything everything is it's just part of the existence of being in source but you can't employ it you can't become wise from that okay we can give our children everything and spoil them rotten with knowledge and love and la 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 and they can be complete failures in life because they don't know what to do with it. They don't understand how it works. What you have to do is come to a physical realm so that you learn everything. You teach yourself. You become, you, you wear it like a coat, okay? I find it interesting in the Bible. It says, you know, Jesus Christ says, put on your white robes. And it dawned on me, light, white, wisdom, put on your white robes. And uh, that really pushed me forward. And I was like, okay, so I can employ, once I learn it and I experience it for myself and I can employ my knowledge, that helps me ascend consciously. And I become more mature and I become more aware and I become um, more able to navigate through what this is to be in this physical realm. Um, it's extremely valuable learning here. And then I learned, you know, from Hindu and from Buddha and from other religions that we do recycle, we come back and forth, you know, I, I learned about what DNA was and how that, how that connects to us spiritually. Our DNA is what attracts us to be in the physical form. And our DNA is as precious and individual to us as anything else. There's a huge template of what life really is in us, around us and among us. And uh, yeah, it was a, 
I'm still learning. I don't know it all. I just, you know, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm, I'm learning. And I think that's really, really cool. And it did spur that on in me. I mean, it, it, it showed me what path to really take, you know, am I going to sit here and play with all the toys here, or am I really going to dig in and do what I need to do to move on? And that's where I went. I really like that term all mind. And would you say that when we go to the other side and join or become one with source or God or all mind, it's like all of our minds collectively as one coming together? Yeah. And, but, and we kind of lose of our identity? Because I'm psychic and aware, um, I already know this because I can hear it and see it and feel it. I'm connected to the all mind. I download from it. It communicates uh, everything in the universe is part of that and it knows everything the all mind is very chatty you can hear it at any time in the bible you're taught to go somewhere and seclude yourself and pray right and expect answers seeking you will find we have the ability to do that on our own um you have a pineal gland in your head i'm a nurse so i've learned some uh, things about our physical form and how we operate and it fascinated me to find out that there's a gland in your brain that's near where you think and transmit your brain transmits from that looks just like your eyeball. It's exactly composed, just like your eye. It's just minus the lens. And then it, it actually picks up transmission and it transmits out as well. Um, I learned that we think in alpha, beta, theta, gamma, delta, okay? And uh, when you're psychic, you're transmitting on those wavelengths. You can hear it. That's frequency, okay? And uh, if we all just opened our brains up and started using that, you'd know what I've learned so far, and that is, is that you're right. The all mind is totally, you would see it, you would feel it, you would hear it. Because I'm not walking in the same world that I was when I was a kid. Things were locked up for me. I couldn't perceive things as they really are. I couldn't see the depth of energy. I couldn't see, you know, spirit around me or anything. I couldn't hear it. Oh boy, do I now. And it's like, we all can do that. That's what I profoundly learned about this, is that we are interconnected. We are all profoundly aware. I can hear people thinking. I know. I know what they uh, I emote. I emotionally emote to them. I, I'm empathic with them. It's not scary to me anymore at all. I have. I've lost all my all my fear of all of it because I'm learning. It's teaching. It's very very cool. Interesting that you said you. It's not scary to you anymore. Right. At, I was so, afraid as a small child. Yeah. Oh. It it it. I didn't know what I was looking at. You know, I didn't understand that, you know, it's like when you're a kid and you're in a group of kids and some mean kid suddenly starts picking on you and it shocks you because you've never had that happen before. And it frightens you a little bit. This person frightens you. Well, that's what it's like to be psychically cut off from everything and then have it come in on you. And you see, it and you go, ooh, what is that? And it, you learn to work past that and to lose your fear because it can't hurt you. you can, you're eternal. You can't be hurt. Okay. Not at all, not really. The body might, but you can get past that even also. There's things you can do. And so, yeah, it was a process that taught me no fear. Has the memory of those two experiences faded over the years? No. Mm-mm. Not at all. They're as embedded in my mind as they ever were. I mean, I can close my eyes and replay them at any time. I can think I, it's, it's part of who I am. I, remember feeling the way I did. I remember what it felt like. I wonder about other other people who've had NDEs as well, you know, and 
the few that I've talked to can tell me the same thing. It's just like you're there, you know, you, you never forget. It's on you at all times. Would you say that it's more real on the other side than here or the same, or was it dreamlike? I think there's two perspectives with this that I've learned. Okay. When you're in the physical body and you think about it, you can, your physical mind uh, will try to play it out to you that way because that's the only way it remembers. It, it's like a movie that you watched, you know, a dream, as you say. But when you're connected to your spiritual self, your your true consciousness, consciousness remembers it as it actually is. And that is reality. Strangely, your conscious mind is the real and your physical body is just an experiencer that can only play back or learn from this particular perspective in this realm in this flat gravity heavy 3d perspective um it's a weird thing to think about but it's true your physical mind just can't totally grasp it without your conscious your higher consciousness there to commune with it and you know hold you through it through that thought you know after your second nde how do you think your life has changed um i started walking up um up how do i put this a deliberate path. I started walking a deliberate path. I was all over the place before that. And then I, I knew I had to deliberately zero in on what I was meant to do and search for it and actually become and do what it, it won. You know, what I, I, I realized that I made a decision before I even got here, that this was the life I was going to lead. And I knew, um, Deep down, my consciousness was telling me, we're here for a reason. You have to play this out. And you have to learn to get rid of all the other distractions and stay on that path. And that's what I did. I zeroed in on it. And, and no matter how hard it was or what was trying to push me away from it, I stayed in that path. I still am. I mean, I'm not done. You know, it's, it's a daily thing. Do you mind sharing with us what your purpose is here? Hopefully it's the same one that everybody has in life and that is that i'm here to work out and heal anything that my soul needs working on okay um to to lose it let it go drop it in in the lifetime that i'm in so that i can focus on what spiritually the universe is trying to teach me um that's a hard thing to you know fathom and it's a daily exercise in you know, I meditate, I think about it, what's up today, that kind of thing. I mean, I have steps that I take every day. Um, I focus on remembering that I'm not alone. I'm here with everybody else, that I can't ignore everybody else. If you need help and I'm standing next to you, I will give you help, okay? That, that, that's part of how we learn to love. Love is the most important thing that we do as, as consciousness. It teaches us everything we need to know. It teaches us uh, how to be uh, present. It teaches us how to be careful. It teaches us how to to see uh, and not be distracted. Like, okay, when I'm a nurse and I'm in an ER, okay, and I got a patient come in and everything's falling apart on them, everything. Uh, we assess it, rapidly assess it, and we go straight to what it's going to take to make this person stable first and then get them on the path to healing, okay? That's how you should treat your life. And, and you should treat it as if you're not the only one in this ER. 
you you have others. So while you're working on yourself, every now and then you got to have somebody come in that needs your attention and you give it to them, you know? Um, it, is an, it is an existential thing to exist here. We have to eat, we have to sleep, we have to take care of ourselves, love, love one another. There are things that we must do to exist here. And those need to be met first from for ourselves and anybody else who's around us. And then while you're doing that, while you got that path going on, you got to walk through that one and decide in your own self, well, what is it that I'm going to do here? What am I, what am, what's my purpose? And your purpose is to, I'm going to say it again, learn all that is learnable and then proceed. Learn, know all that is knowable and then proceed. And weird thing, when you start focusing like that, stuff comes at you every day or once a month or once a week and you have little goals that you can set for yourself and you attain them and you look back and you go, wow, I learned about that. That's cool. I can do this. That's really cool. I mean, it's just a, it's just a series of jumps that you make in attaining knowledge while you're considering not just yourself, but everybody else around you. You cooperate, work together, everything. Would you consider yourself a star seed? Yes, I am. Um, I know for a fact I am. Uh, I had my DNA pulled um, and I found out that I have, I call it Heinz 57 Mad Dog Mix, okay? Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of everything, but I have all the the ethnicities that I have in me are all star seed people. I have a Nordic Sami, I have a Russian Sami, which is native peoples. I'm uh, Ostahatchee Cherokee. Um, I am uh, Peruvian. I am. Uh, I have Japanese. I have Korean. I have Chinese. Mongolian. I have English, Irish, Scottish, French, German. You name it. Celtic. You name it. Oh my God. Um, I'm just. I'm all over the place. I have everything. I'm even. I even have African East, East African Bantu. No, West African Bantu, and I have some East African as well. My. We found out we did ancestry, and I found my fifth great grandmother. On my mother's side was a slave. Her name was Mary Patterson. Mm. And she was freed by her owner who she had children with. And I'm, I've come down from that. Yeah. So pretty that's, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you even have some Neanderthal in you? Um, I have a neg blood. And uh, when they did my DNA, they found out that I'm not, I have negative rhesus blood. But yeah, there is Neanderthal in me. I have strictly Basque. They did find Basque in me. I'm connected to the Basque. What do you think inspires you about your NDEs? That's a good question. I have never thought about that. What inspires me about it? I'm Well, I'm reassured. I guess that's a better word for me. I'm more reassured than anything because it's absolute personal proof to me that um, that is nothing. It's, it's, there's, no, there's no end to who I am. There's no cessation of my consciousness. It goes on and on and on. I am who I am. Uh, it uh, allows me to operate in a little bit different mode than most people who don't know that. I am constantly aware of, of the responsibility of how I should be operating now because I know the truth. Okay. Um, that's a big deal. You know, once you come to that realization, that's a really big deal. It's an actual, uh, it's a gift to be known that, you know, it's a real gift. And that is inspiring. I guess if you look at it that way, that's a giant gift in my lifetime. 
Do you think it's possible that while a lot of people are here on earth at this time or any time that they're really not doing what they should be doing? They're lost. They're not fulfilling their purpose. And if so, what kind of advice would you give to people in general to kind of get them back on track? To realize that um, while we live here, that there are two kinds of energy. There's negative and positive. There's yin and yang, good and bad, you know, evil and purity. And um, in this particular realm that we're in, this world, this 3D earth that we're in, um, it is a constant annoyance to us that we are bombarded with it all the time with the negative aspects. They're kind of like almost overtaking us. And that's why people are confused. They're cut off by the negativity. And one of the first things I say when you're trying to figure things out is you need to drop all of the um, annoyances around you, all the things coming at you that that uh, will block you from understanding where you're going or what you're doing. You can't meditate if you have constant, horrible, terrible, negative, emotional stuff coming at you, which means turn off the bad music. Music is healing or can harm. And listen to that which feeds your soul, not not eat it, okay? Turn off the TV. Stop listening to other people gripe, moan, and complain. Just drop it. Let it go. Um, try to find your self-love, yourself first. Heal yourself. If you don't heal yourself first, you're not going to do anything. And that is my struggle my whole life. Everybody has to do it. There are different stages of healing that we go through in our lifetime, and you have to pay attention to it. You know, it's like being in an airplane, and the stewardess says when the the, the masks drop, you got a five-year-old sitting next to you. Don't put it on the five-year-old. Put it on yourself first because you can't help them if you're passed out, okay? And that's what life is. Help yourself so that you can do what you got to do. Um, if you're constantly choking the life out of yourself, you're not going to make it. So stop doing that. Start looking for things that are uh, helpful to yourself, sustainable to yourself. And, and that's a good first step. And once you start doing that, then, then reach out, mentally reach out, meditate, find find your equilibrium within yourself and your mind. Uh, first thing a, a guru or a yogi or anybody would tell you is, if you meditate, meditate for this reason. You have to go within, to go without. You can't know, you have to know yourself first before you seek the answers outside of yourself. And that's important. That's the first good meditation to begin. And that's just start walking it. Put one foot in front of the other. And it doesn't matter whether you fail or anything. Always keep going. Always try every day. Be present every day of your life. Don't worry about the past. The future hasn't happened yet. You're right near, right now. Every five minutes of your day, you're still where you're at. Be present for it. And it'll help. It'll work. Do you fear death at all? No. Um, uh, no. Not at all. I don't die. That's mm -hmm. the point. We're not, we don't die. Mm -hmm. Even though you've been to the other side and you know what it's like, when people around you still die, well, not really die, but transition over, do you feel happiness that you're, you know that they're going to an amazing place or do you feel also sadness because they're not going to be here anymore? Well, that's the duality of life and death for us because um, we have attachments here, people we love, people who we're used to seeing and depend on every day. And when that person is going, uh, it's you're ripped a little bit. The duality thing starts happening big time because yes, you're going to miss that person. You want that relationship to go on. 
what you don't realize because you can't see what happens after that is that they're still with you. They're still around. They've just gone to, uh, they're not really gone either. They're with you at all times. I love the Japanese uh, religion of Shinto because they know that. They believe that their family always surrounds them. They're helpful. They have helpful energy coming on them. And uh, that's what it is to me. I, when you pass away, I see you leave your body. I know that you're there. I see people walking around all the time. Um, a friend of mine uh, just lost someone in his family. And uh, we were talking on the phone. And he, this person who just passed showed up in the room with me because he knew he was around him followed me through the energy from our conversation and said, tell him to OBE to me now because he knows how to OBE. And I'm like, okay. And I told him that. And he said, okay, fine. And he hung up and he did. And sure enough, he was right there. He was waiting for him. him. That's the relationship we have with these people. We're not really parted from them. They're not totally gone. Just because they're not physical with us, we still have that relationship. When If you can't hear them or see them yet, don't forget to talk to them every day and, and then look for signs that they're around you. They'll give them to you. They'll smell them. You know, you'll feel them. Things will happen. You know, people think I got poltergeist in my house. Well, maybe, maybe it's your aunt who just passed away, your grandmother or your brother, sister, mother, whoever. And they're trying to let you know, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. You know, don't think you're crazy for thinking that it, you're not. It's true. It happens. They're there. You know, the veil is very thin between love, people who love one another or even people who know one another. You can see that, you can feel it. What kind of advice do you give to people or your friends who lose someone to transition to the other side and are grieving? It's okay to be sad about it, okay? It's okay to grieve that relationship has changed, okay? It's okay because you have to. I mean, your physical body has lost something. Your physical existence has lost something and anything that we lose we have to work through it okay whether it's an animal or any anything in our life that's big that means something to us especially a loved one and uh take time to do the grieving take time to work it out mentally search for uh ways to help heal yourself through that and to console yourself and then talk about it with others don't be alone in your grief and talking about somebody that's passed is important because it keeps them ever fresh in your heart and your mind. It, it, it draws them to you. If you if you cut things off from yourself and you erase it from your physical mind, and that's pain. Don't let it be pain. Let it be happiness. Embrace the memory. Embrace the love. That's my mm-hmm. best advice to everybody. Just embrace it. The most precious thing you can do for yourself is to embrace it. It's interesting that you mentioned an animal. Do you think our pets are also with us on the other side? Yes. Yeah. They're all, we're all spirit. We're all consciousness. They have DNA like we do. We're actually related them to them. And uh, they, they choose that life form for a reason. And they're only in, in it for a short time, but they're working something through. And on the other side, yes, they're there with us. You will meet up with your pets as well as other animals that were decided to be in 12 know, in a lifetime. All right, Dolly, I didn't ask you before we started, but do you have anything that you want to share with people like a website or a book or a class or anything? I have just come out in the last, well, I've I've been 
talking to Preston for, you know, six years and he's been vetting me through all this and writing the book. So the book just came out about what I've been going through in my life. Um, I have a website with uh, videos of my experiences with the ET, but I am going to start putting out videos and talking about psychic ability, what it, what all this is. I'm going to start teaching people and helping people to meditate and stuff like that. So it'll be on my YouTube channel and it's just Dolly Saffron and it's coming Mm -hmm. uh, soon. I'm in the process of moving right now, moving, I'm going off grid somewhat. And uh, so once I get all settled in, then I'll be able to do that. And so you'll see more and more of me. And I'm talking also on, on the circuit about my experiences ET. And a lot of what we're talking about actually gets thrown into that because it's all related. It's all the same. You know, it's, we're very close. It's all interconnected, I guess. Like we have symbiosis with everything. And this is one of those things that is very symbiotic for us in our existence. So, yeah. So I, that's how you get a hold of me. I'm also on Facebook. So if you chat me up on Facebook, I'll answer you. All right, great. So is your YouTube and your website available now? Yes, my YouTube is up. Okay. And it's just, my YouTube name is just Dolly Saffron. Okay. And uh, if you watch something or you just send me a message somewhere in one of the videos or whatever, I will answer you. I'll endeavor to answer you. And if you want to be friends with me on Facebook, just, you know, ask and I'm pretty chatty. So. All right. Well, I'll put the link to your YouTube channel in the video and any other links, if you have like your website. No, not yet. Uh, Like I said, this is all so new and I'm trying to work that out. Um, I've been told I probably need a, you know, like a webpage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're working on that right now. It's being built. So that's soon to come. Once it's up, send it to me and then I'll put it in the description of this video. All right, Dolly. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Embrace love. Embrace all that love implies. Embrace the consciousness of it, the work of it, excel in it, and you will be fine. Dolly, thank you for that message. Probably my audience knows that, you know, I also do videos on ETs and stuff and you talked about all this stuff, but I was just saving it because I want to get you and Preston back to do a whole nother video with you just about your ET experience. Okay. I'm sure he would love to do that. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know, Preston is a UFO author and he's been on with me as well. It was a long time ago, and he's a pretty prolific author, and I think he's written about 20 books. He's written 29. 29. And he has 30 and 31 about to come out. Yeah. Yep. So so it should be a (laughs) fun podcast if we get all three of us together. Yeah. All right, Dolly, well, have a great rest of your day, and thanks again for being my guest. You're very welcome, and thank you for having me on. Mm. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.